0: Hey, listen up, uh, audience. We have a treat for you today. We are here with the founder of KW Elite as well as uh, Elite Real Estate Elite Systems, Systems ERS, Jeff Cohn. Uh, he is a um, major personality, not just locally, but nationally in real estate and uh, any other vertical stream of business and uh, kind of has a voice for covering a lot of different topics. And today you're going to hear a lot of that today, which we're excited to bring you because we hit a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, this is awesome. what did you think?
1: Dude, it was awesome. And it was also like, uh, I was trying to make sure we didn't go too real estate specific because yes. that can be really boring. Yes. But some of his thought process on like how to think and process yes. life in general, I think were yeah. amazing. And they were helpful for me currently, yeah. mm-hmm. with a lot of things I am going through. And I think they'll be useful for a lot of people who maybe be like struggling with depression or anything like that yeah. to help pull them out of that and maybe get them through some things. So, and
0: if you guys have yeah. any questions about this or uh, anything that we talked about, please hit us up, hit the like and subscribe button below. Uh, this actually podcast is completely funded by Christian and I sell so some real estate business. We don't take kick any kickbacks from any businesses or anybody else because no want to bring you guys exceptional content covering yep. awesome people doing awesome things that are growth minded focused on being the best version of themselves and hopefully we can help you and we try to glean stuff from every single person that's come through
1: this and i think we have yeah. so yeah if you guys would, for the last plug like tyson was saying if you got anything uh real estate related buying selling a house here in omaha or the metro area feel free to reach out to us happy to help any way we can without further ado let's talk to jeff
2: I mean, lots of Moab. I go every year. Huh. It's super. Have you ever been? Uh-uh. Super unique. Like nothing. Like Yodi, that coyote cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's where with he all is. All the yeah. red rock and shit. I mean, it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Grand Canyon, anywhere, North Rim, South Rim. We did South Rim Grand Canyon last year. That was our. road I've trip.
0: never been to the Redwood Forest either. I heard that's. I incredible. did it once as a
2: kid. I was ten. I, I would. I would, definitely want to do that. Napa, I want that to do the PCA. Tahoe.
0: Yeah. yeah. So highway One. Is yeah. That the P- one that, yeah, it's insane. One. I did a little
2: bit of it. Hmm. That would be a fun. I was a kid summer trip. Honestly, it just depends what you're into because it's hard to say one thing. There's, just, right, there's so sure. much diversity. Yeah. That it's not there's not one thing to United
1: States has the most like diverse landscape yes. ever. Yeah.
2: It just depends what I want or yeah. what I'm in the mood for. Anytime you go somewhere that has helicopters that has beautiful landscape, I'd suggest spending the money. So like, it's like the what? helicopter in Kauai and in Maui is expensive yeah. if you want the good helicopters. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Mm. What's Dude. it cost? Three hundred a person. Oh, that's it? Yeah, 500 for a couple. For don't hours, don't take hour. your six year old. Kids will never remember stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a waste of money. Yeah. Um, That's probably a 30 minute flight.
0: Have you been to New Zealand yet? No. That's one uh, place that my, I have a couple. Of that's on years. my list. The big thing there is like their ecotourism, right? Like mm-hmm. Costa Rica is like you don't stay in hotels really there. You rent, you buy a sprinter, or you
1: rent a sprinter van. Out oh, that's of amazing. That'd be fun. Dude. And that's where you just that like would be bump so around. Fun. So my brother is a huge hunter. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah my yeah. older brother? Yeah. And so, like, you know, he has like a YouTube channel and he's friends with Steve Vernella. Um, so he's like really big in the hunting world, okay. Mm-hmm. And right now he just got on it back from a three week trip to Africa, all over Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's wow. been like shooting everything in <laughs> Africa, basically. And like some of the landscape and the stuff he was was posting, I was like, "Damn, Insane. this is crazy!" Yeah, That's I would great. love to go see that. Africa's called I Me, mean, you watch, but not with my kids.
0: I like, like when they're way older. I would do Africa for sure. But it's, <laughs> like, it's kind of weird too to go to foreign lands. You're like everything is foreign to you, so. The bugs freak you out because they're just not different. Right.
2: Bugs, yeah, different yeah. bugs, plants, different, different dirt. Yeah, yeah. different dirt. Uh, smells different. Uh, Smell, yeah. yeah smells, different world, bro. Yeah, different Food world. tastes
1: way different. Yeah, yeah. just never, never, never. It's, it's, it's weird. Wild.
2: Well, it's like the screensavers like <laughs> on my Apple TVs. Like you see this landscape, I'm like, that's on the U.S. or sorry, you know, that's, that's in the world. The Earth. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That exists somewhere. Like, like thai- the Thailand mountains, it's like, and like the water, like these
0: spots. It's like
2: I was in. There's an area in Vietnam called Ha Long Bay. And there's about 3,000 islands that are all just like these Jesus. tiny chunks of rock sticking yes, up. Yes. And we flew over that in seaplanes. I went on an adventure trip in 2017 for three weeks in Vietnam. We went from furthest northern tip of Vietnam to the southern tip. We did an amazing race in Saigon. Oh. We, did, uh, we raced motorcycles. We all got motorcycles for three hours. And a lot of guys didn't know how to ride motorcycles. I was like, <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> one, of the, one of the guys had a bad crash. But that was a fucking cool trip. Croatia, where they filmed Game of Thrones. I spent a week there with... Oh, I, I want to go there it was gorgeous and then it's called cool. croatia if you go to it's called dubrovnik uh, slip and dubrovnik are the two main spots in croatia but then you can take a road trip like a lot of these places in europe are like states yeah. so we rented a car and everyone's like you're fucking crazy we went to bosnia yeah but this is 20 years after the war it's safe and i don't know if you guys remember the 90s the yeah. bosnia yeah, yeah. the
1: only reason i know about it is my tenant like so i played tennis my whole life and my tennis coach was the number one player from
2: bosnia oh wow and he
1: told me all about escaping bosnia so wow. he has some crazy. Stuff. That's the only reason I would know about that. Are we rolling, Dana? Oh, oh sweet. Okay, you
2: are ready? Oh, we are waiting we're, for we're you, bro. bro. No, we're good. No, this is how, we how, how we always do it. We always roll just in through we're conversation good. and see how it's going. Good. But,
0: um, kind of change the subject back into. Uh, so
2: busy guy right now. Are what, we recording? Are right we recording? This is yeah. it. Okay. Actually, we, before
1: we go into that, yeah, what was Bosnia like? I'm curious.
2: Uh, we spent a day in Bosnia, dude. Everywhere <laughs> is. The, I feel like the media across the world has connected everyone. Like nothing is that different than the U S mm-hmm. like things aren't as nice. The infrastructure isn't <laughs> as advanced. Yeah, it's as clean. It's right. Like, yeah. But it's just, people are great. You know, people yeah. are, so people. people are doing their thing every day. People are eating, they're pissing. They're going to the bathroom having sex. Yeah. Like they're having kids. Yeah. They're wanting to buy Nike products. Like yeah. they want to buy cheese, apples. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Right. There's still a connection to that. So I don't know that I could give an outline of like what, how that was even different than any of the others. The land for me, cause I'm just American. Like, everything's so old yeah like you'll see a rock fence that's that. a thousand years old yeah
0: like, yeah or like things are here.
2: smaller because our people
0: are small oh yeah bro i'm a big boy
2: like when i go to travel ranking I, I don't even fit in alleys <laughs> yeah
0: right right like i mean my, like your cups american cups don't even fit in a couple of right. European cars you right know what i mean it's a,
1: i've heard that a lot because i've never been to europe or anything i've always heard that everything's so sm- like compact my oh. parents came
0: and
2: visited when i was in england when i studying abroad and my dad's like these hotel rooms my dad's 6'4". No, it's tough. <laughs> 285. Well, you'll order a drink and they'll bring out my drink and it's in a cup smaller than this. And I'm like, well, I'm going to need 18 refills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know like I have some friends that lived in Europe for a long time and they told me like, because I'm big into coffee, they're like, coffee over there is not like here. Coffee over there is like this oh, big. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah, just yeah. have a little it's shot of it. Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little sipper. Yeah, right? a little, a little sipper. Yeah. It's fun.
0: A little different. Um, changing gears. Uh, busy guy, busy plate. What's uh, What's alligator closest to the boat right now? Jeff Cohn. Yeah.
2: Our big focus has been building elite real estate systems, right. which I'm rocking the shirt. <laughs> oh, right Yeah. And the hat. Um, yeah. yeah right? right. So my podcast, the team building podcast, yeah. the whole focus is helping people build and scale teams, not just in the real estate vertical, also in mortgage, title, insurance, property management, investing. Mm-hmm. And so a big quote I always like to share is true leaders serve their followers by empowering their followers to become just like them. So how do you empower? You train, you coach, you hold people accountable, mm-hmm. but the best way is to partner. And so for the last three years, we've been building an infrastructure in Nebraska using the KW Elite brokerage franchise model to partner with indie offices that operate much like a standalone brokerage to help launch like the foundation of the national expansion platform, which we're calling Powered by ERS. And this just got announced last week for the first time publicly. Congrats. It's been in the works for three years. Thank you that's very much. Awesome. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Super Can awesome.
2: you what do you mean we <laughs> say indie brokerage yeah so an indie brokerage an independent brokerage typically would be something that's not attached to a franchise okay so independent is non-franchise attached but our brokerage Bob just,
0: Roberts real estate company exactly Whatever. Yeah. but
2: our brokerage launched a strategy three years ago where we said hey if you're running a real estate team and you want to be independent of any traditional brokerage brand you can do it through our franchise you're still KW elite but we're not going to bug you you're going to go off on an island your own you're the owner operator of your indie location and you just pay us a flat fee every month 41.66. So we are following the exact same strategy nationally. It's five thousand a month, sixty thousand a year. They get all of the support and resources that the traditional brokerage should offer, plus plus yeah. a shared services platform <laughs> that includes access to a ten thousand a year Zoom account, ten thousand a year Gusto account, which is like handles all your payroll. You get HR, legal, all of the systems, processes to run a successful business where you don't have to be focused on all of those <laughs> that minutia. But the big win and where our I think unique selling proposition lands is in the ability to have ownership in all the verticals so no brokerage brand right no brokerage brand right now across the country no coaching organization across the country will go to its followers and say hey we're not only going to coach you train you we want to partner with you in mm-hmm. all of the verticals that are going to run your entity until now
1: and verticals being title insurance.
2: Mortgage, title insurance, yeah. property management, investing are the first attached main Attached ancillary ones. seems yeah.
0: to have, are affected yep. by the real estate transaction. Yep, so, so that's-
2: Yeah, that's, real estate teams up to this point, you know, you could have strategic partnerships. They help right. you offset your costs and yeah. pay for some leads. hundred dollars a month for a But what's that <laughs> right. worth when you go to sell your business? When you Not sell your real right. estate team or your mortgage team or your insurance team, you're only gonna get the value of your EBITDA, your earning, earnings before interest taxes, insurance and amortization. Yep. Based on your vertical, you just help somebody else have a great exit in their vertical. Yep. And when you're doing over a hundred transactions a year. That's kind of where you get to this point of um, economies of scale, where you right. should be able to have ownership or percentage of ownership in these other verticals. And so that's where we went out to our followers. We have a huge following on the team building podcast. If you search team building on any app, we come up number one. So we get. A, we've had six million listens on our podcast in the last eight years. Um, every year we average about 250,000 downloads. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people out there that have followed a lot of our teachings. They're current ERS clients and we've shared with a lot of people, Hey, you should take it from a hundred transactions and start launching these other verticals. But what happens with most entrepreneurs is we're busy in the weeds Mm -hmm. and we never take the time. We never make the time to go launch those verticals. And so finally ERS is like, you know what? People aren't going to do this. Let's just partner and do it for you.
0: Yeah. What do you think has been, I mean, so being the number one podcast in that space, team building is a big topic. What, what do you think is holding other real estate team models or similar ones out there through different, just, just a, holding a, them back from doing something I was stuff. just
1: thinking you want to break down how that works. So like, cause I, uh, in my experience, general oh, public has no clue, like for sure. agent, they make money from the broker, the brokerage pays you. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? So contrary to popular belief, I just had this asset just the other day in a, in a closing, I brought him a closing game. Oh, do you expend this to Keller Williams? Elite? I go, absolutely not. This is a hundred percent. Cell phone business. I hold a license here that yep. helps with my insurance. It's confusing and liability. Me outside, so for people who don't understand, as realtors in the current model that populates the majority of real estate transactions, all realtors are independent operators that house their license with a brokerage, and that brokerage provides uh, some uh, some uh, topical support of most time it's e and insurance, a little bit of leg- legality. And a little bit of training, maybe. Office space. Office space, maybe. That's the, the normal. That's the yeah. normal. Yep. Um, there's a and but no sell, it's hundred percent commission based, uh, <laughs> yep. and and no no insurance, no health care, nope. none of this. So when you meet a real estate agents that are doing well and crushing it, kudos to them because that's a hard business. Yeah. yeah. So are not getting
1: paid, you don't they don't, yeah. don't get paid from the broker? Right. They don't get any kickback, nothing like that. However, now, the team model,
0: the team model, yeah. Is still not a brokerage. No, it's an agent that wants to help employ and train and lead other individuals in real estate because those individuals are not employed. But they're not they're employed. still they're still independent they can of, be if they can set up that model. They, they can be normally but no, typically yeah. not. Yeah. But then they also operate under the brokerage yeah.
1: for compliance purposes. A third layer.
0: It's a third layer. Basically, the team center.
1: would be like, you want to do it, but you're not. I don't want to say you're not self accountable, but you maybe you don't want to be self accountable, or you don't want to learn everything you have to learn to be able to do. Or real you'll estate. have a
0: broker's license and you open up your own brokerage. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying
1: being a team member. Oh, a team, a team member,
0: team. yeah, yeah. Oh, more support, like yeah. a team, a lot more training, yeah. hands on. Yeah. And Jeff, you've been running a you've been running a team
2: for ten I mean, years, twelve now? years, twelve years. Yeah.
1: Just because so I don't know, Jeff. Could you tell me like you're a little bit your or- I'm kind of curious your origin story.
2: Yeah, so okay, I grew up in friend. Omaha, graduated in Miller North 2000, served for two years on a Mormon mission in Brazil. So I lived in cool. uh, Santa Catarina, Brazil from 2001 to 2003, came back, finished college, got an undergrad from UNO in business with an emphasis in management. 2006, I got my real estate license. I actually took all my classes at UNO, oh, which sweet. is unique. Most yeah. people don't do that. Yeah. And then got my real estate license in the fall of 2006, sold real estate from seven to 14, okay. launched my team in 11. Okay. Uh, we grew from seven, me doing 70 deals a year to the team doing 700 deals a year in six years. So we grew super fast. fast. Yeah. Uh, we were number one in the world at Berkshire Hathaway in 2018. And we launched a mortgage arm, title arm, insurance arm, coaching arm, investment <clears throat> arm, all in 2015. Uh, 2019, we were invited to join Keller Williams. And we launched our real estate brokerage at Keller Williams, KW Elite. Why did you to KW franchise. from,
1: just out of curiosity, what made you switch?
2: Um, every time I've ever made any changes in my life, it's always for more opportunity and more influence. Okay. So the KW network, I felt like was more aligned with my men, mindset around growth. Makes sense. Uh, the Berkshire network, I didn't feel like supported teams. I think its focus was to support individuals. Mm-hmm. That's not true in Omaha. In Omaha, Vince is way more forward-thinking and has done an incredible job at supporting teams. But nationally, the brokerage brand isn't intended for supporting teams. The numbers don't really work very well when it as it pertains to teams inside the Berkshire world. Um, and our whole focus was expanding elite real estate systems. And so right. I had multiple visits with Gary Keller, who happens to probably to be the wealthiest person I've ever spent several yeah. time, days. That's amazing. Away.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. sweet.
2: I had over 20 hours with him one-on-one. And our whole goal was to be able to expand all the things we had built inside of the Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group uh, team, we had built a lot of systems and processes, ideally surrounding cultures, leads, accountability, systems, and strategies, and we wanted to implement those nationally. Well, we wanted to start by teaching teams locally and teams across the state how to how to build and expand. So one of the unique benefits of being at KW Lead is we offer Elite Real Estate Systems coaching for free. And normally people would pay thousand dollars a month to get group coaching, and then another thousand for one on one. Here at our brokerage, you get it for free. It's every Thursday. Uh, we have over a hundred top teams across the country that get coached by Elite Real Estate Systems, but any agent at KW Elite gets to take advantage of all of those benefits for free.
1: Yeah, interesting. So you took the so you took it over here, and at the time you just had a team.
2: Yeah. So when we launched, uh, it was January of 2020. I had my team of about 30 agents. And then I partnered with the team out of Columbus. Renee Mueller had a team which was number six in the Berkshire world in the country. And she had about 20 agents. So we had a net total of 50 agents at launch, which is required by the franchise to have like 36 cappers is what I think is their rule. And then we grew to over 100 agents within the first two years. Uh, following that strategy of going after independent locations. And we had about up to eight indie locations by the end of last year, we've actually lost about four of those independent locations. And one of the things that's been interesting is all four have gone off to start their own brokerages rather than going and partnering with a franchise brand. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that exactly. because a lot of people question, what am I getting from the brokerage? Well, guess what? The brokerage, is ask- the brokerage is asking the same question. What am I getting from these teams? What am I getting from these agents? If the agents and teams don't support the, the brokerages, verticals, mortgage, title insurance, yeah. the broker goes broke. If you look at a and yeah. and you look at an exit from a real estate team versus a brokerage, the broker, teams are actually worse.
1: It was horrible. I'm like, why would you do it? It's awful to be a broker. Yeah. I'm like, why the, would you do it?
2: The reason you would do it is because you have, you can increase the number of transactions. And if you can increase those number of transactions and convert at a certain percentage towards your verticals, is, yeah. the verticals will increase in value. <clears throat> that makes so sense. agents have nothing to sell. There's no, nothing sellable when you're an agent, no. when you're a team, you actually have something that's sellable, but it's it's hard to sell a team, and it's, you're, you're
1: probably going to only get two, three times even up, probably.
2: Not right? even. Yeah, most teams go for a one. Really? Yeah. Okay. They, they, because who's going to buy it? Right. So usually, if you see a big team, you'll see a child. That takes over the team total. and they keep running with the network, right? But that's a job. Yeah. totally. So there's a big difference between owning a business and owning a job. If you have to be necessary, that's a job. The more you're not necessary, the more valuable your business entity is because you can exit it and focus on higher income producing activities. Yeah. So my path has always been firing myself from my highest income producing activity and focusing on what's my next highest income yep. producing activity. Mm.
1: Yeah. I heard you say that in training once and I really, I've like clinged onto that. Steve. I like that piece of it. Yeah. Uh, you also talked about, so I had like a, uh, I had a year two. So two years ago, was like my best year ever personally. I worked like 80 hours a week, probably. Um, You're week, a realtor? Yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. Rapid City. Um, but I worked like, uh, you know, eight hours a week that week. Um, made really high, really high six figures. Yeah. Uh, did really well that year. And then the next year we had, I told you we went on like 14 trips last year. Yeah. And I made less money, but so much more per the amount of time I worked. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. And yeah. you talked about that also one time. And it made me think, cause I was like down on myself. I was like, damn i lost i lost 30 grand move Looked backwards it. yeah move and backwards. Then i just said and "You were like yeah, it depends on how much you worked you said you said yeah. it like nonchalant to someone else and i caught up and i was like dude i worked like five percent of the time Yeah, you know what i mean i worked like i added up i probably worked like 10 hours a week yeah on my on that specifically you know what i mean yeah, and that awesome. was just taking care of things i had to take care of you sure. know what i mean and then i was like oh yeah there's like other stuff that you could focus on yeah. uh, sure. rather than just trying to grow to get the little incremental increases. You know what yeah, I mean? hundred percent. So yeah, yeah I like think that. a big
2: thing that people don't focus on is reoccurring revenue. So yeah. I read a book uh, by David Bach when I was 21 called smart couples, finish rich. And another book he wrote was called the latte factor. Latte factor is you go into Starbucks every day and you spend $5, five days a week. That's 25 a week. It's a hundred right. a month, a hundred a month over 12 months is 1200 take $1,200 and put it in the stock market over right. a 10 year period. And look at what that turns into because of compounding interest. Yeah. So it talks about the compounding interest factor. It also talks about how while you're asleep and you have money invested, yeah. that money's working for you yeah. and you're not having to actually do it. And I know you guys are big into investing. I started investing in single family in 2016 with my partner, Clint Bartlett. And in our wildest dreams, we thought one day, 20 years down the road, we'd own a hundred doors. Today, we own almost 200 doors valued at $25 million. Just the two of you? Just the two of us, that's 50, awesome. 50 partners. And something that's been interesting over the last three years with inflation, our book value has increased. Increased by over a million dollars a year, year over year, with us doing nothing than it's breathing. Amazing.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. So you great.
2: start thinking about the power of free revenue. Yeah. So the best verticals to invest in, if you're in the real estate space from a recurring revenue standpoint, investing in real estate is obviously number one. Property management is number two, and hmm. home and uh, home and auto insurance is number three. Uh, why is why property management? Property management is huge. They get a six x multiplier. So a lot of people don't know this. Your average door is about two hundred dollars a month yep. in property management, and your average net is about $40 per month per door and you get um, it, your, when you go to exit in a property management business, your book is worth a six X multiplier of what your net revenue is of the 40 of the per, $40 yeah. per door. And it's worth that because it's bankable. There's a certain percentage it's of re-currence. people you keep it's reincurred yeah, revenue, yeah, no yeah. different than insurance. Mm, yeah. So if you've got a 1,000 doors at 40 a door and you go to sell that book, whoever's investing in that book knows they're going to retain X percentage of that book. 78%. And and that's all bankable. And then the insurance business, I mean, it's insane. Um, The average door in America is $4,000 a year in premiums. So is what we all pay to our independent insurance company or a captive company. And that could cover two autos and a house is the average. So what Makes people sense. have That's four grand. You end up keeping the first year 15% is what the commission is. So usually we give that to the insurance agent. Yep. But every year after that, it renews at a 98% renewal ratio. And it's a net $400 per year. Per it's that high. 98%. Oh, yeah. 97, 98, yeah. It's a Super fire ride. forget
0: uh, commodity. It's like, wow. oh, I'm yeah. doing it. It's,
2: sorry, yeah. So $400 isn't sexy, but when you own a <coughs> real estate brokerage that does 2,000 transactions a year or 1,000 buy sides a year and you convert 60%, which is what we're converting out of the total buy sides, that's 600 files at $400. <laughs> what is that? 6, 12, 18, 24, 24, 240,000?
1: Yeah, sounds right.
2: Something there. So we yeah. know over the last three years, we've built a $2.4 million, $2. million book of premium. Got it. And in the insurance space, it's a 3x multiplier until you're netting $5 million a year or more. Then it goes up to 10x.
1: So I build it up to five and then sell. It. So if you get to
2: 5 <laughs> yeah. million, you could sell it at a 10 X. So our goal now with elite real estate systems is to partner with all of our clients nationally. We want to have about 500 platforms in the next five years is our goal. hundred a year, 10 a month. And when they launch, they get to have ownership in mortgage, title, insurance, property management, investing. And so that $5 million <laughs> net number should be pretty easy. And when you put all those entities together, it even creates a higher multiplier. And when you put technology at the center of all that, it increases the multiplier as well. So we expect that. Have about a 15x multiplier at exit if we choose to exit. Maybe right. we never do.
1: Yeah. If not, just keep the revenue coming in, right? What
0: uh What has been your <clears throat> biggest learning curve with all this? So you started in this brokerage or you know, your team, <laughs> yeah.
2: Having to go from that, where have you had to really stretch your mind? That hasn't come as it comes naturally. So for me personally, the hardest thing for me mm. is probably seeking positions that gave me validation mm. more than grew me as a person. Uh, once you get really good at something, it's fun to teach people how to do it because it makes you feel good about yourself Mm -hmm. and we all want to feel good about ourselves. We all want to feel like we won, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that's the best role for you to be in. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing who you are, where you want to go and what role you're best served in, Mm -hmm. not because it's a role that's making you feel good about yourself, but because it's what's best for your organization. That has been the hardest thing.
0: How have you found that out? How have you like kind of identified that?
2: Chosen to be self-actualized, chosen to work towards self-actualization through meditation, Mm -hmm. Um, self-reflection. I'm the type of person where literally like if I miss a basket, shooting a basket at basketball in the middle of a game, I'm processing when I run back to get on defense, why I missed the yeah, shot, if I, thing, if I hit a golf ball, there. if I'm, yep. if I mess up, the I can't way, stop thinking about it. If I see Tyson in the yeah. office and ask him how he's doing and I'm in a hurry to get yeah. to my next meeting naturally. Right. <laughs> and I will walk away from the engagement and ask myself, did I do that? Well, yeah, does he same. think I didn't same. care about him? Did I give him good eye contact? Was I respectful? Mm-hmm. I'm constantly processing, probably, probably over processing. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm a little probably, I uh, feel like I'm over obsess about that stuff. Has too. that gotten
0: more abundant <clears throat> or less abundant with
2: like meditation and stuff? Um, I'm not as concerned about an outcome uh-huh. and I've recognized that 95% of our life is how we choose to respond to what happens uh-huh. to us, not how things happen. A lot of us want to control how things happen. And it's really more about how you respond to situations than it is about controlling situations. Yeah, <laughs> so I would say I'm less, uh, I'm less connected to the outcome, but I'm more actualized than I've ever been.
0: More example, actualized. I'm
2: more present and mm-hmm. aware of how I engage than I've ever been how in How has past. that
0: made you? How, how has that affected how you've been engaged with people?
2: I think it helps me engage based on how someone else wants me to engage. Uh, so there's a yeah. the golden rule: is do unto others yeah, as you'd that. like others to do unto yeah. you. The platinum rule is do unto others as others would like done unto them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the older we get, I'm 41. Yeah. I know better today what Tyson Compton wants from me than I knew 10 years ago, mm-hmm. than I knew 10 years before that.
0: How do you think? <clears throat> so that's interesting. So I'm a big believer in one of the great things of, of really good leaders is they're exceptional being a chameleon. Like you have to adapt to whoever you're around to get the best out of the people around you versus being one way and let people follow, follow line, follow line. How, how do you think that jives or, you know, the idea of you being adaptable, self-actualized versus, Hey man, just be yourself. Right. Just, you know, just be you.
2: And I'm like, to me, I think there's a blend. So yeah. I've always been taught. I come from a, a great, passion. I think, upbringing. Um, people that are ethical, loyal, hardworking. Yep and my, my own father uh, always would say, just be yourself in every environment. If people don't like who you are, then those aren't people that you need to be around. Sure. And that's okay. Let people choose who you are. But I also think that we're in a society where people say, you know, that's me, that's my truth. And if you don't like it, then go pound sand. Right. And I think there's a happy medium between yeah. those two ideologies. It's easy to have the attitude of people can just deal with it. This is how I am. I'm actually much more impressed with someone that says, you know what? I would like to tell that person what I think I'm going to choose not to. I'm going to refrain because that's the professional thing yeah. that, uh, that's someone that has a higher E Thank Um, There was an interesting study. Harvard Business School did a study of the top 1,000 CEOs across the country, and they wanted to find what's one attribute that is the number one parallel across all Mm 1,000 CEOs. And the word that came out, if you had to have one word that described it, would it be ambition, drive, integrity, and the word was self-actualization. To be self-actualized, you know what your greatest strengths are and you can build on them, but the better part is you know what your weaknesses are, Mm -hmm. and so you can work to fix those weaknesses, but you can also hire people (laughs) to help fill yourself yourself Yep, fill those roles that need to be filled. I think
0: up. the w- one thing that comes to mind, and maybe just is I'm more of a Neanderthal mind than you, so it's a little simpler, but, like, the idea of, like, if you're in a crowd and you're not truly being only yourself, right, and, like, and like then go pounce out they don't like it, is a simple idea of don't correct somebody when it's unnecessary to correct them. Like, you don't have to be right if it's unnecessary, but if it's, like, valid for, like, yeah, you know, understanding what truth or something factual might be, but even if it's a
2: fact that's really unnecessary to the conversation – Let it roll. I've struggled up with one. I struggle a lot with one up. Yeah. So like we were having a conversation before we started recording about trips we've been on. And instead of asking you guys and getting excited about your trips, I was excited to share my trips. Yeah. And this is one of my biggest weaknesses is (laughs) my personality type. I like to share. It's exciting for me to share. And so someone will say, I did ABC. And then I'm excited to say, well, I did X, Y, Z. And I need to sit with the ABC and learn Mm -hmm. to like to listen. And that comes to how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie. Yeah, totally. uh, One-on-one is listen, listen, listen. And everyone will think you're the best conversationalist. Uh Yes. Which I I will say.
1: I think that is something I have worked on mastering in the last like five years. Is that right there listening? Cause I am 100%. I get my wife always makes fun of me. I get super excited. And I'm like, Someone will start talking about something like, oh, I know all about that topic. Let me tell you, you know, and a lot of times I know way more than the person talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I want to say something so bad.
2: There is like, that's the highest level. And you think about, I think about elderly people and I used to discredit probably the knowledge and and, um, intelligence and wisdom that comes from an elderly person. Yeah. My grandma can smile and ask me something and listen to me for hours or my, even my own parents can do this. Yeah, Yeah. They know like <laughs> yeah. they know that's the so answer true. they know what you're gonna say yeah. but they're in they enjoy watching your enjoyment yeah. that's the highest level
0: oh, well no, that's also being knowledge.
2: exceptionally present
0: like that's yeah. being and that's also being 100 okay with who you are like in order for they to enjoy mm. somebody else's joy is you have to be 100 okay with where you're at
2: yeah like, not trying to impress the person right? you're in there's front of not, get to enjoy their yes. story get to feel them it, and it's, it's we're all fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more enjoyable than to watch my daughter come back from camp. She's canoeing right now in w- Wisconsin. She's going to come home and tell me all about her story. I've been canoeing a million times. I've gone <laughs> camping a million times. I'm an outdoorsman, yeah. but I'm not going to sit there and one up my daughter. She not "No, no, no. I've been canoeing right. my whole life." Yeah. Wait, we, let me tell you. About She's going to say, "Dad, you'll never believe this. I tipped yeah. the canoe." I'm not going to go jump to my Boy Scout story from when I was 15. Oh, listen to my story about tipping the canoe. Right, right. I'm going to enjoy my daughter's story yeah. and tell her I love her and tell her how great that sounds and how neat of an experience yeah. that was because yeah. it was for yeah. her. And I think it's important. Um, you made a couple comments that i want to touch on one was at my event we hosted the team building summit events our annual event where people come in from all across the country and i went up to someone that's one of our clients and i said hi so and so and i changed their name by remember tyson i did this with you once i called you tyler Mm -hmm. and (laughs) this person was in a setting where they didn't need to correct me like if i call you tyson or tyler and you're like hey it's tyson that that's appropriate we were in front of a big group of people and i said hey tyson or tyler using this example and they said it's tyler and like or Tyson, you yeah, know, they, they, they corrected, corrected me it. with the other with the correct name. And it was awkward. It was low yeah. EQ, like I'm okay with you correcting me like later yeah. text me or hey Jeff tap me on the back in a happy way but like yeah. they were offended
1: yeah I it know. hurt
2: their integrity and it's what you said and that's what made me think of it Tyson was you said it, a lot of it has to do with who, how, how comfortable we are in our oh, own skin yeah. so this rubbed them wrong like oh Jeff should have known my name and it's like I I engage, engage thousands of people so sometimes I just don't use names because yeah. I'm worried Same. I'll use the wrong name I'm like oh, I just won't even I won't even use what's it. up daddy what's up yeah. dude Yeah. what's up man like because I just don't want to put myself in that awkward position yeah. but a lot of it is being okay with who we are and what we've accomplished so far in yeah. life and I think a big thing for me in our, in my personal journey is recognizing like, I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes. I have a lot of people, I think locally that have a lot of negative comment. I've heard a lot of negative and people that win at a high level get a lot of negative publicity because of their success. And it's unearned or unwarranted negativity because people don't know who people are. Mm-hmm. And if you're not to back to being authentic, a lot of times being authentic, overly authentic, especially when you have a big personality, like probably all three of us do, it can hurt you. Sometimes people can use your authenticity against you. A great example, seven years ago. And I know the date cause it was last week, seven years ago, it came up on my Facebook. I danced in Omaha dancing with the stars. I got two professional dancers were assigned to me. And in the dance, there was a move that my wife approved that was in my mind inappropriate, but in the dancing world, it's not where a woman does a flip and then her legs ended up on my shoulders, but she was facing me. And this lasts for like one second, you twirled her down, it's not a big deal, but people turned it into something it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There were rumors that I had been dancing with strippers. Like there was this rumor that Jeff Cohn had gone out and danced with strippers. And so this is an example where someone takes something great and beautiful. I was a volunteer not paid for a sunshine kids event to raise money for kids <laughs> dying of cancer yeah. that died of cancer. I did this beautiful thing and then people would twist it. And that's just gonna happen. And I always say haters hate. Ball, um, the more chicken, what do they say? You're not if you're not ruffling feathers, you're not playing with enough chickens. Yeah. So you'll get hate. And as a leader, I know another challenge is... your socioeconomic circle that you're around if you leave your socioeconomic circle of friends because you're having a lot of success in business you'll lose friends people will choose not to be friends with you and they'll say oh all he or she cares about is work or money and that's what they're fueled by it's not what i'm fueled by i'm fueled by becoming the best version (laughs) and it's hard spending time with people that don't care about improving themselves i don't care about the money they earn but i want to be around people that want to improve themselves if i'm the type of person wants to improve myself and you think about michael jordan like if you watch the last dance documentary he's obsessed with excellence think of Jocko Willing or uh, David Goggins, obsessed with excellence. David Goggins, if you guys don't know who that is, Navy SEAL, he's the only person that ever won. I think he did SEALs, Delta Force, and Army Ranger. Only person ever to do all three. And his goal in basic training, everyone knows Bud's training. David Goggins' goal, based on the book Can't Hurt Me, uh, his goal in basic training was to make the Navy SEAL drill sergeants that are part of basic training, whose goal is to get you to quit, His goal was to make them feel bad about their own physical Mm -hmm. weaknesses by showing how strong he could be in basic training. Mm -hmm. When I read that, something you talk about things you remember, I'm like, that dude is running through basic training, making the person whose goal is to get you to fail out, feel bad about themselves bro the savage goal let's go yeah, and he has savage. he has a chapter in his book called taking souls yeah mm-hmm. love that i chapter. think about that for i'm am very competitive i think about that stuff so too. he's like you win so much that like a person quits the sport because you've gone so aggressive and, and that's, that's probably
1: like, a lot of people have negative thoughts uh, things to say about you because you've just steamrolled them and they're in their mind yeah, maybe not never. like literally the
2: truth is this and I've, I've it's taken me a long time i share this with those out there that have the same feeling as me which is probably only 1% of the listeners I represent the failures that other people currently are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I'm the opposite. So I, rep- I represent overcoming challenge, overcoming failure. and people that I exude trying. success and working through failure with a positive attitude, trying to lead, trying to become the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a lot of self-hate and self-regret so and insecurity and, and angst towards themselves and the choices they've made in their lives. And I will say to anyone that's on that side mm-hmm. of the spectrum, it's never too late. Never. You can always overcome your adversity. Yeah. You can always quit your addiction. You can always leave the marriage. You can always stop the thing you're doing that's hurting yourself. And you need to show up and not for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times the self-talk is I need to do this for myself. You need to do it for your kids. You need to do it for your followers. You need to do it for your friends. And the more you show up, and I'll speak to this, the people that are in my circle, you lift, the people that want to be lifted mm-hmm. will come up with you. Yeah. And there's no greater satisfaction than I have. And I just said this on my last podcast than lifting the people around me, lifting my followers, and being able to have that impact and influence on the people that choose to follow me that's what feeds me it's not the ones and zeros in the bank accounts being able to make a difference in people's lives
0: or you I mean i guess and also the same fact of <laughs> when you start to realize, or you start to try to climb to another level you don't realize also who you're affecting like you don't realize other people that are in the on the on the ancillary on the peripheral they're like yeah dude that's what you're talking about and watching or witnessing <laughs> or bearing witnesses and it's from the peripheral and it's changing my life like that's the stuff that in my mind, when I meet my maker one day, and he's gonna show this screen of all the people that the ripple effects have done, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot about that moment." But that sh- that that set off a chain reaction. Huge. yeah, huge, right? And I want that. You you <laughs> want that scene to be as vivid and as full of people as possible. And you only can do that by causing impact everywhere you go. Yeah. Impact in a sense of asking questions, trying harder. Getting back up every time, you know, yeah, uh, like from being that. knocked down. So I think, that's, I think that's a great point. I mean, we've had some instances dude, just with this podcast. I feel like, dude, I don't know what it was, but that that podcast
1: or these called podcasts, like has helped me so much. And I think people just don't sit down and talk to other people very much. Yeah. Either. It's pretty rare yeah. to have like a regular you're, conversation.
2: The, the big challenge. And I'm, you know, I said, I'm 40, you're 20, I'm late 20s. 27, 37. You, there's, there's this weird gap in Tyson. And I are probably closer in age yeah. where we were in a world that didn't include social media. Yeah. We were in a world that didn't include cell phones. Yeah. We didn't have distractions. We would ride on a road trip. You talked about being on your yeah. 17 trips or whatever. Oh. My road trip, I would <clears> talk <throat> to my family or look outside. And I didn't like reading books. So talk to my family or I'd look out the window. But you had so much time in your mind. Mm. And there's no (laughs) release. We go from this to the radio, to a podcast, to watching a show, to going out with our buddies and messing around and playing golf or whatever. Like it's constant Constant stimulation. When is the time to just sit? So my goal every day is to spend 30 minutes in my mind. And what I found is I really like myself. I enjoy thinking and processing and I'll go all day long do it like back to back to back to back. But after about six or seven o'clock, that's the time I just shut off and I start to process and I start to think through the loop of the day.
0: I think the worst, maybe one of the worst times to think about the day is immediately or is, is almost laying in bed that's too late
2: yeah, no oh, way too late yeah you're stuck then yeah. you're stuck in the <laughs> then you're light. never
0: going to sleep <laughs> right, ah, right eyes wide right, open right but i think what's beautiful is like you're right so i i just had this conversation this morning with one of my best friends it was like we all know there's noise that's not that's, that's not going away yeah but i think and the idea <laughs> the fact that giving ourselves to understand ourselves only happens in silence that doesn't mean like putting earpods in and going for a run that means going for a run without earpods. That means like it. going on a drive without the radio. Yeah, And you don't realize like there's no other way to process your thoughts. So if you don't have, and that takes practice. Think yeah. about how long you've been doing that. Where are you at right now? Where we we at 10 years 100%. ago, five years ago? You cannot practice it without doing yeah. it. It doesn't build. But to that same note, what's impressive is that's why I can always start today.
2: I love it. You can always start. You can always start. Uh, Well, there's no finish line. So for some reason, there's like this idea, concept of time. Yeah, yeah. How does time even exist if it's endless? Like depending upon your religious beliefs, some people believe the world will end. But if you don't believe that and you're more into science or you believe in a religion where the world will never end, What is time? Yeah. We might have a set amount of time, but existence will go on forever. We create these like finish lines. Like we think we're in races. There's no race. We will all end up not being here. We know that's the truth. I just think our goal, no matter where you are in the race, is to become the best version of ourselves. I think we can do that by helping others become the best versions of themselves. Like you mentioned, hosting the podcast forces you to think differently and process differently. Leading people, Mm -hmm. having kids, even having a dog. Like you change your mindset when your world isn't just about yourself. Mm. And- and. Going through hard shit, hard stuff. Yeah. I mean, you
0: have to... You don't There are lose. people
1: that... Want, okay, like an older... Let's say an older guy is like in his 50s, 60s maybe, never been married, never had any kids, and you can just tell he's never had a real struggle. They're just like no substance to them. The struggles
2: like, are different. Yeah, very... Yeah. Like uh, you know what I mean?
0: Maybe... Uh, like you were saying, they've never like focused on anybody but themselves. Not, yeah. not as not as tangible.
2: Yeah. Different experiences. You, know, you don't know what they've been through. Everyone has their struggles own in different and ways.
1: They're, and I do think they are... I mean, there probably is struggle within not doing stuff. Yeah.
0: Or, and I would say their hard is different than your hard, but it's still hard for them.
2: Well, everyone's hard is based on their perception. And I was about to say,
1: and there's that saying that the hardest thing that ever happened to you is the
2: hardest thing that ever
1: happened to you. I like that. You know what I mean? So I think about that a lot. Um, So
2: I'll take that one step further.
0: I like to think of one step beyond that is you've already survived the hardest day of your life. So, who's to say you can't survive the next thing? Like, it's not about like, oh my God, this is going to be the, you've already, you've already survived. At one point you thought the world was over. Yeah. Yeah, You already got through
2: it. Yeah. Fear, fear is really interesting. It's the number one, I think determining factor of how people, what choices people make. That's why companies like insurance companies do so well. Everyone pays for insurance. Everybody has a security system. Everybody locks their doors at night. We have this fear. Well, a lot of the things we fear aren't real. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a it's yes.
2: perception it's not reality I, yeah, it's a, yeah. we fear these things so uh, in business people won't make choices cuz like well that's a big risk so i like to ask coaching clients what's the worst thing that could happen yeah yeah to really break it down for me it was living in my parents basement even with my family that's not that bad <laughs> my parents have a great house and they've told they would love us to live at their house yeah. worst case scenario i go bankrupt in all my businesses it's all a whole failure my ego yeah, I go. would be embarrassed right, yeah. and I would live in my mom and dad's basement. My mom would cook for me. She'd do my meals. She'd like, oh, a bit <laughs> like this sounds pretty damn good. Like that might be a better route. But like you think of people that go to jail, like that's the worst case scenario is you go to jail yeah. for doing the atrocities that people do. They go to jail. They yeah. get meals. They get their laundry taken care of. They have a bed. They have the best security. Full health care. <laughs> yeah Best security <laughs> <laughs> right
1: no one's getting in their house
2: <laughs> so, i wanted to mention um savers uh from the book hal elrod good friend of mine yeah. wrote a book called miracle morning yeah it's very popular yeah. there's a miracle morning for kids miracle morning no for so, realtors so, yeah. so the savers are the six activities that the top billionaires in the world consistently do on a daily basis and he narrowed it down to these six things savers and you guys might help me with it s is scribing and he says you can just do it for 10 minutes a day scribing so like journaling yep. a is affirmations. affirmations i don't remember v You guys remember V? Visualization. Visualizations, exercise, Exercise. reading, Reading. and S. Is it silence? I don't know. It could be for meditation. It might be. I think it's for
0: like to review.
2: So he kind of found like every billionaire had this thing they would do. You got to exercise every day. You got to meditate every day. You got to read every day. And he narrowed it to these six. And he's like, if you just do 10 minutes a day and the whole idea is moving the needle, it comes it's back to like that military about ideology about making the bed. Mm-hmm. You started the day with Love a little it. wind and you build on it and you build on it yep. and you build on it.
1: It's like that podcast at my talking about the little things to do for discipline for the day. Yeah. He like uh, has a set routine of the little things he does to tell himself that he's disciplined and then the rest of the day is disciplined.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Love it's
0: it. What? Uh, <laughs> Where when, when would you say your the journey as of to, up to right now went from staying afloat, trying to make one step and like kind of light went off you're like oh no now now the path is clear for much longer
2: yeah I think my biggest <laughs> moment was sell um stop selling real estate. When I chose to stop selling and just run the real estate team, I was following the MREA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary Keller wrote a book, Millionaire Real Estate Agents. They call it the Red Bible. It was written in 2005. The idea was, what if you could build a business where you spent less than five hours a week on your business and you were generating a net million dollars? Right. So in 2014, I quit selling. So I went from 11 to 14, 70 to 425 sides. And I took a step backwards in my pay. I went from netting 525 to netting 475. But I didn't have to sell any real estate. That's
1: a. Huge so I was like, difference. "That's a
2: pretty good win." But what it did for me, it wasn't about the money. So when everyone listens, to this they always are focusing know, on. No, I don't see. I don't hear that. At all. It was the freedom. So I'm what would money. you do today, everyone listening? If you could lock in the income you earned last year without doing anything.
0: Oh my god! What would were we doing? Ten percent do of it. Yeah.
2: Next, mm-hmm. you yeah. locked in the income you earned last year: hundred grand, fifty grand, five hundred grand. But now someone's going to replace that, and you're guaranteed that forever. Now, what do you do? Most people would say probably go golf, play pickleball, go on trips, go yeah. relax, have fun. That only lasts for so long. That for that's not something. fulfilling Maybe because for
0: like weeks, that's yeah. not a
2: road to becoming the best version. That doesn't have impact, influence. <laughs> right. You're not changing people's lives. Our last podcast episode, I said the sentence where wealth meets, what did I say, Dana? Where wealth meets um, fulfillment. hmm when does wealth and fulfillment find each other? Because people will chase. Once I have a Range Rover, I'm happy. Once I have a house in Skyline Ranches, I'm happy. Once I have a pool, I'm happy. Once I have a pretty wife, I'm happy. Once I have kids, I'm happy. Once I have a six pack, I'm happy. Like we create these fake lies. It's not true. Because yeah. I've had a lot of those things. Never had a six pack. I've had a lot of those <laughs> yeah. things, and yeah. I wasn't happy because happiness is a decision. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally, not yeah. a finish line, yeah. and life is not a finish line. It's just a constant road of becoming yeah. better to help others yeah. become better. Do you think that that in that
0: selfish fear of people is like they realize like oh my gosh there isn't a finish line. Yeah, like, I think that's, that's almost like debilitating to them. Versus uh, versus If they're
2: working 80 hours a week in a grind and they think there's a finish line and they come to the realization that oh my gosh, there's not a finish line. I think that would I was be super that. depressing. I was in that 100%. I think that'd be super 100%. depressing. And you'd go, wait, what does matter to me? And I think it's important, guys, everybody, including myself, you create a vision board for your life, the next 12 months to five years. Yep. And you literally create imagery around what do you want to that. accomplish? Yep. Yep. And then you figure out what do I need to do every day, every week, every month, every year to accomplish it. And then every year you're checking things off this vision board, you're putting new things on. New things go on. Most people don't do that. Yeah. And what has been beautiful to me is I've led hundreds, if not thousands of people in that strategy, mm. that practice. If you will, you will replace things that you never knew in your million years would be a vision. You'd go on trips to South Africa or Vietnam, or you would, you know, learn how to sail sailboats in the Virgin Islands. Like you'd do all these things that if I was twenty eight and someone said to create a vision board, my goal was to rent a camper and drive to Sarasota, which I did that when I was like (laughs) thirty. But I wouldn't have known I was going to do all these other incredible things. And so I would challenge everyone listening, including us sitting in the in the studio. Be willing to put out in the universe what you will accomplish in the next 12 months to five years. Create a strategy around it. Get an accountability buddy to hold you accountable to it. Get the coaching you need to accomplish it, the health plan to accomplish it, the best resources in the world, the podcasts and the books that you need to read to get there. You will remove things from the vision board and then you will be challenged to put new things up. And those new things will be bigger, harder, but you'll have a new vantage point. And then you'll remove those things and you'll put bigger, harder goals up. And that is where I think you'll find happiness, so you know is in I, that pursuit. You know,
1: maybe you can give me advice on this. This is something I've struggled with. I have always done the opposite of what you're saying. I've always done, I just said the giant goal in the beginning,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: I'll be like, let me give an example. Like one of the first things ever on a vision board when I was younger
2: was a yacht. Okay,
1: okay. Yachts, like realistically, you got to be making like 10 to $20
2: million a year. Perception's reality. What's a yacht? Is yeah, it it's like, a twenty-one sailboat? No, sale, no, I'm though, talking about a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, like Wolf point.
1: on Wall Street. That type, of yacht. Yeah, okay. that was like first vision board. And for me, when well, I said
2: one to five-year goals, right? Okay, so that's that was, a twenty-year goal, right?
1: Problem. Exactly. I think that's been my was my struggle in the past. Was like I would set too big a goal for too short of a time horizon. Yeah. You know, what well, I mean? check this out, is and it, it would crush
2: my confidence. Is in it the beginning. owning the yacht or is it experiencing right, the yacht? You and this rent is it. something else. Yeah, I'm a
0: huge fan of what you're going to get. Go ahead. You don't need to
2: own this stuff. Like people think, oh my gosh, she's incredible. Like you want. Watch social media. Okay. <laughs> social media is a representation of the best version of everyone. And no moments. one's posting the worst versions of everyone. They're posting their best versions, which is great. You don't have to own the house in park city to have an incredible family reunion in park city. You can Airbnb it for two grand a night. I've yeah. done it or 10 grand an hour, however crazy you want to yeah. get, however many people you want to offset the cost with, yeah. but you can have an incredible life today in 2023. As we record this episode, you live like Kings and Queens. We live way better oh, than oh kings and gosh. Queens. Yeah. We can have the best world and we have technology yeah. now. So we talked earlier, I said we didn't have all the distractions that the younger generation have, but because of the technology, if you don't allow it to control your life, you can take advantage of it to create leverage, and you can 100x what anyone previous to technology ever could have accomplished. And that's why people, uh, during COVID, over the last, like, I want to say year and a half, there have been more billionaires created than any other time in history. Why? Why? That's pretty wild. I that's think we wild. went from fifteen hundred billionaires to two thousand billionaires. Like, don't quote me. Well, it was something like that.
0: The idea too is that the wealth is infinite. Anybody, can, I mean, it's not. Like there's only a uh, certain amount. Right, of set it. amount. I mean, it's just a matter of flowing mm-hmm. at a certain rates, and the valves open up, and you yeah. get you grow enough to be able to turn those valves on, and all of a sudden you're meeting a new economy. that's a, the mindset shift of like, well, I only get paid twenty eight dollars an hour. Right. I don't know how to get thirty. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back up. What if you weren't doing this? Where would you go to make thirty dollars an hour? I mean, Love it's just it. small shifts of like, yeah. money's everywhere. Yeah. Now, how do we make it to turn on to be more like mailbox money versus W two money? You know, yeah. it's way different. You know, I think that's a it's it's interesting.
1: Sorry, sir. I'm going back to this, but what you said about goal setting stuck with me for some reason because I went from setting way too big of goals, and then I I noticed that about myself because mm-hmm. I've always like self reflected. I was like, Christian, you're like overly ambitious with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff just takes time mm-hmm. and repetition and consistency. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went extreme the other opposite. And I basically set no goal like that. And my only goal was actions. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I want to do this year. I want to do this amount of actions per day and never have a day off of it. Like just for example, a real estate sure. example, I'm going to hit the phone and do twenty thousand no matter what, every single day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And that is what made me do better. Ah. Was just doing those type mm-hmm. of goals. And
2: I love when they're married because right. now something I, now needs I like I need to, to remind you, yeah. why am I doing the action? Right. And people forget. And so they grind, they grind, they grind. They go, what am I grinding for? I think people wake up at 16 years old I, I and go, hear, what, what the, the hell did I just do with 100%. my entire life? Yeah. Um, the five regrets of the dying. I bought a copy for all three of my kids. I have an 18, 16, 14 year old. I read the book when I was 20. I read a lot. Um, right out of high school, I hated reading college. I became obsessed with learning and I started reading a book, literally a book, probably every day. I I, I read everything when I was early twenties because I didn't want to mess up my opportunity to be successful. Yeah. And that's a young age to start shaping your mind. So this book, five regrets of the dying, I bought it for each of my kids wrote in the front cover of each one and just said, each of them, I want you to live your best life. This is a great book that outlines the five regrets people have. So there's a nurse. She helps over a hundred people to their death and she categorizes the top five regrets that she hears people talking about. Um, and I won't give them all away, but one of them was working. Too hard. No one regrets taking that three week trip or the 17 vacations. No one ever will regret time with family, time with loved ones, or time doing the things that they love. Everyone regrets I worked too much. Why did I work so much? Like, why did I need a $5 million house instead of two or a half a million dollar house instead of 250? Like, why are we trying to keep advancing? that to right. have the nicer shoe the nicer like mm-hmm. why can we not go backwards let's go the other direction and have more time with the people we care about or, have or more make time simpler. To do simpler like, like, okay hey, we, we have. just want to simplify well, but like, yeah the more stuff you add like... the more complicated stuff yeah yeah, is yeah. Too. and you you got there got is houses. a movement yeah. there is a simple tiny house totally is a is a simplification yeah. movement yeah. i still like big houses because i like hosting big events and yeah. i have a big family yeah. and i want your big personality big big capacity to
1: Right. Half I want to be able to sit on five different couches in my house. I, I the want the time. capacity
2: to be able to serve people and host be, people. But yeah, totally, there is a way to I simplify, like um, simplify our lives. And I think sometimes people can overcomplicate yeah. for no reason. There's not a the well. You mentioned it it too about travel. Like, hey,
0: we were trying to go to a, place, a remote beach. Very little resources in terms of like I don't need all the extenuating uh, right. Oh yeah, yes, Rica. Right. Yeah, yeah so, and that's what you're looking for because you're looking for the experience of, of more of the purity of it. Yes. Mm. And and that I've noticed lately, and I'm just curious how you've managed this. I've noticed my mind's really cluttered and when you get a lot of ideas and I feel like maybe the the, the things aren't firing right, like they're not connecting because it's like just too messy. Mm -hmm. How have you gone about
2: clearing? I compartmentalize what I think about when I think about it, how I think about it, what I'm responsible to think about versus what somebody else should be responsible thinking about. I compartmentalize it. All I choose what to spend my time on yeah. based on what my responsibilities are. So defining what your responsibility is versus your significant other mm-hmm. versus your kids. So let's take the trash can as an example. Every household has a person or should that's responsible for emptying the dirty trash, putting in a new trash bag. And then when all the trash goes out to a bin, pushing that bin out to the road, when that's time is responsible for yeah, getting my that. Three, out there. My three year old does it. So <laughs> I, I did that. But using this as, as a very simple example, someone should own that. Yeah. There's yeah. probably people listening right now laughing, going, We've never defined it. It's just when it's at when it's full of garbage, someone fixes it. Well tell us how that went when we were in a dorm room at 19 years old at college whose job was it to empty the nobody trash? nobody emptied it. so the game was let's see how high we can stack this thing yep. before half of it falls out and we have to get another trash bag we have to clean the floor so in life we have these responsibilities and we haven't decided who's responsible for mm. it so oh. if you're getting cluttered it's probably because you haven't been intentional about who should have to focus on that thought and then compartmentalizing the responsibilities behind the actions that you can't stop thinking about mm. so if you have that process like you had said earlier christian about having the goals of every day i'm gonna make 20 calls if your goal is to make 20 calls you're not worried about the outcome you're just gonna make your 20 calls. Yep. You don't have to think about it anymore. You make your 20 calls, you're done. Exactly. Just like the trash. Yep. I don't do the trash. Um, when I'm with my kids, it's their responsibility to empty the trash. It's their responsibility to roll it out when it's not happening. Or if it's not happening, I might say to them, I noticed the trash bins weren't taken out, but I'm not owning it in any way. It's not my responsibility. And so being willing to be at a position in your life where you can say, you know what, even if it doesn't get done, I can live with it. I'm done. Like that's not my responsibility. Uh, I'm taking that monkey off my back mm-hmm. and I'm moving forward to something that's else. That's hard. No, I love that. It's thing. hard to let it go and allow that consequence of the, the trash not being totally taken right. out, but go a couple of weeks with the trash not getting taken out and then the person who's responsible for it's going to start complaining themselves going the house stinks. Yeah. So how many things in our lives if you stop worrying about it cuz it's someone else's responsibility and you just let it not happen, somebody's going to own it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But be it's like a baby boot camp if anyone read the book um what is the toddler the terrible twos book? I can't I can't think of the name of it, but there's a book about how to handle your your two-year-old. And one of the things p- parents would complain about is they cry. So there's baby boot camp where you let your child cry yeah. until they stop crying and they'll stop crying if they know you're not going to walk in. Yeah. If they know you're going to walk in, would you want your significant other to give you a big warm hug and let you snuggle up to them and sleep in the bed with them? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants that. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. So we, we went through, I don't know what that book's Same. called, but we, we, did that. Did, we did that. Yeah. We did yeah, that I'm as well. Not, what to expect when expecting, what to expect toddler years. That's yeah. it. Okay. what to What's
0: like, what, what not? Yeah. But
2: my, my whole point of that is what are the things in our world where we could just say, you know what, maybe I don't go and grab, the kid out of the bed when they're crying. Maybe I don't fix the trash. There's a lot of these things. And then like you talk about the mind clutter, You're mind cluttering because you haven't probably found a person to leverage that or you have, and you're not confident, confident that they are doing it. Mm -hmm. And so then you just create checks and balances. So, you know, you don't have to own that Mm -hmm. thought all week, Mm -hmm. but maybe you have a 30 minute time block once a week to think about that thing. And I do that with direct reports. I have hundreds of, you know, we have lots of direct reports across all the businesses. Yeah. So I have a time where I meet with a CEO and then I check in with the CEO to make sure they're meeting with all their direct yeah. reports, but I don't need to worry about it all month. Are they doing this? Are they doing this? I have a one hour time block yeah. to worry about it. And when I walk out of that room, I'm not worrying about it again for another, a month. Yeah. If it pops in my mind, I push it out. I'm not, not going to worry think about. about other stuff. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: good. That stuff.
2: We're deep
1: it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. good stuff guys. No, this is awesome yeah. this has been cool. fun yeah. thank you for bringing me on yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm yeah. humbled
2: yeah. to have the opportunity and yeah, this fun. has been great conversation yeah. do you like our studio it's pretty awesome yeah. beautiful yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. very <laughs> impressive
1: thank you yeah well thanks for coming man thanks for your time your time yeah. is very valuable. Awesome. So i really appreciate it thanks a it. lot jeff appreciate it thanks
0: guys later guys